Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. This morning we start a new series called God, Money and Me. Pretty obvious. Uh, The subtitle is Creating a Pathway to Financial Freedom. We will, of course, be drawing from the wisdom of scriptures, foundational to who we are and how we want to explore and encourage you as you watch this series. I've also based this series on a book written by Paul de Jong, entitled the same. Uh, Paul de Jong is the senior pastor at Life Church in New Zealand and has many years of experience in serving the local church, increasing the local church, discipling people. And this has been one of uh, the books that has foundationally helped a number of churches in conversations that I've had with various ministers as well. So I really hope and believe that this will be a blessing to us as we watch this and a great opportunity for us to be in conversations with people. I have wrestled with the timing of this series. I am a little bit nervous as much as I am excited about the impact and the potential that this service, this series has to change our framework and to encourage us. But today I just really want to examine the simple question, why on earth are we doing a series called God, Money and Me now? Why in this very moment, in this very season? And there's a few reasons for it. Firstly, we've all heard of the JobKeeper or JobSeeker payments. We've all been grateful for them. Many of us have received benefits from them. But how long will they last? Who knows? How long can the government sustain those payments? Who knows? At the moment, I believe they're till the end of September. But beyond that, we don't know really. There's been talk of recession since this pandemic has uh, progressed and extended. There's been talk of increased hardship and the challenges that we've faced. And we all experience it in different ways. But financial Implications is one of the cross-the-board challenges that we all face. This is not about how much we have or how little we have, but it is about how God wants to bless us and increase his favour upon us so that we can also be a blessing to others. So why are we exploring it? Here's a few statements that I've seen over the last few months. One survey suggests that 62% of Australians cannot manage their debt as a result of the coronavirus. And that was in May. That's already an astounding statistic by one organisation. 77% of people say they are feeling financially stressed during this time, which seems a bit at odds with the fact that we've been receiving the job seeker and job keeper payment. But nevertheless, this seems to be a reality at the moment. Within the last week, here's a couple of statements that I've seen the last week. In a week from June 29th to July 3, there are over half a million applications for early release of superannuation funds. That's up from 127,000 who applied for it the previous week. Now, some of you are sitting there going, superannuation, I don't need to worry about that. That's so, retirement's so far away. Stay with us. Listen to the wisdom that will be collected over the next few weeks. Of these 511,000 applications in the last week between July, June 29 and July 3, 346,000 people drew down on the same account for a second time and 500,000 people have already wiped out 
their super savings. That's 500,000 people in Australia who no longer have their retirement fund, their fund that's meant to sustain them when they are no longer working. And that's in the midst of lots of questions from financial advisors going around. Will you have enough to live on? Will you be able to live at your current rate once you're retired? We need a different lens. We need something else to speak to. Here's another stat for you. More than 1 million Australians have already filed their tax returns just 13 days into the new financial year. And it's the highest ever number of returns this early in the financial year as COVID-19 restrictions stifle incomes. This pandemic is having a significant uh, impact upon our finances. Now, some of this might be because it's easy to get your tax return. It's easy to do it quicker than it ever has been before. But the suggestion is that the longer the pandemic goes on, the greater the implications on our finances. And that's why we need to do this series, God, Money and Me, now. Because we want to speak into your life. We need a different lens. We need a different viewpoint. We need a different understanding. Maybe we need a new understanding or the same understanding that we've had for a long period of time, but not just about me teaching the wisdom and passing on the wisdom of scriptures and the lessons of other people. It's also you. And so I really want to encourage you, if you've got some wealth of wisdom, so to speak, um, share it with others. Don't hold it to yourself. Find out, ask God how you can be sharing your wisdom. Who might need your wisdom and your help? Who can you disciple with their finances? Because most of all, we want to explore our finances in relationship with God. We want to understand that everything that we're talking about here is first and foremost about a relationship with Jesus. And out of a relationship with Jesus, what do our lives look like? And more particularly, more specifically in this series, out of our relationship with Jesus, how do our finances reflect that we are honouring him with all that we are and all that we have? Now, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, or maybe you've clicked online for the first time, stay with us. This is not a request for funds. This is not asking for offerings. This is not about asking for special projects. This is quite specifically about wanting to bless our community and speak into the life of the community to see people create a pathway to financial freedom. That's what we want. We want to see people living in freedom in every aspect of their lives. And I believe that God wants to bring in a new insight, a deeper understanding of who we are in him and how that flows out, particularly in our finances through this series. So the capacity that we have to talk about our money is a great indicator of how we view money. When I was first married to Andrea 27 years ago, uh, this is one of the great challenges. And many of us have heard stats before about challenges of financial uh, conversations in marriages. Um, but Andrea and I had very different views on how we used money. And to be honest, we probably didn't do a great job of talking about it early on. I was a great spender. I love spending money. It's easy to spend money. Andrea was a great saver and still is. My suspicion is that most households would have this kind of clear division around our, our finances about um, some people would prefer to spend it and can spend it really easily. Other people think that we've got to save it and will do everything they can to save every penny. And uh, we're going to give you some tips later on about that as well. 
But over time, what we realized is that because we had a different point of view, it didn't necessarily mean that we were personally attacking one another, we weren't seeking to make life harder, and neither was one right or wrong. But over time, as we learned to understand each other and hear each other, the conversation gave us greater wisdom, and in fact, it gave us greater freedom, which then gave us greater blessing for our family and for other people around us. The more that we are willing to have a conversation, a healthy conversation about our finances, the greater freedom we experienced as a family and the greater blessing we could pour out into others. My suspicion is that most of us would like to have a greater freedom. Even if it's not about that we have more money, it's certainly that it has a greater freedom over our hearts that might bring a greater blessing in relationship with others. Consider this text from the wisdom of Proverbs. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. There's a, do not refuse me, God, before I die. Who knows when that'll be, but don't refuse me these two things. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. I mean, if you know anything about this text and Proverbs, we understand that it's written by King Solomon, who is recognized still as one of the most powerful, one of the richest men that has ever lived. So maybe that's an easy prayer. And yet it's an incredibly humbling prayer from a man who had every resource at his fingertips. Don't give me too much. Give me just enough. It sounds, as I think about it, it sounds incredibly familiar to the prayer of Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need to face each day. How do you view money? If you were to ask each other in your homes or in the conversations at the end of this message, how you viewed money or how people's view has changed throughout the course of their life. What conversation would you have? In fact, I'd even go so far to say there'd be a number of you who would say, I'm not talking about this. We'll talk about that next week because we want to have the conversation. We need to have the conversation in a healthy, dynamic way. So a number of views that I thought of, and this isn't by any means uh, exhaustive, but it is hopefully uh, reflective. So we might see money as simply for my pleasure, which I can spend at my leisure. I don't have a budget, I just spend it and it's for my leisure. I worked hard for it, so it's mine. I can do what I want for it. Maybe some of us feel like we need to save every penny. Uh, mainly might be past experience that have caused us to think like that or it might simply we want to give the impression that we're successful. Or maybe it's about the legacy and what we want to pass on to our children. Or maybe some of us are thinking, you know what, I've worked hard and you know, you've heard the, the, heard the phrase and seen the bumper sticker that says, I'm out and about spending my kids' inheritance. Maybe we're always the person who's looking for deals and looking to get prices down. Or maybe we're the person who's always flashing our money around so we look important, impressive. We're always paying for other people in a way that looks showy. Um, maybe we're the people who think that we never have enough. Maybe we feel like we ha never have enough. And maybe that's because we're always comparing it. You know, the, the neighbours down the road, how, how do they do that? How come they've just got that? Maybe you're sitting here thinking, 
It's not your business, Simon. It's not my partner's business. It's not my spouse's business. In fact, it's not anyone's business, let alone God's business. Again, how do you view money? I want to encourage you, regardless of your view, stay with us over the course of this series. See, money brings a great deal of freedom, but it can also bring a great deal of fear and bondage. And under stress, which many of us are for differing, differing reasons at the moment, but laid through the pandemic, under stress, we quickly discover what has our heart and how much we trust God. In reflecting on uh, the life of Jesus, the writer of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, is reflecting on a moment where Jesus is talking about where we place our treasure, what we give value to, where we give importance. And he, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. See, at this stage, there's no correlation said, but there's a significant shift here in the next sentence. You cannot serve both God and money. Why is it that God, Jesus can be talking really generally in the first couple of sentences and then in the third sentence, he goes, here's the real crunch point for you. You can't serve both God and money. Money is a great servant, but a terrible master. And it doesn't matter if we have a little or if we have a lot. Our motivation says a lot about our heart and it says a lot about the trust that we have in God. With a little, we feel the need to work harder to get more because we feel like we need to pay bills. And some of that's with when we have a little, and I've experienced this, we live in credit. And so we live by zip pay or after pay because I can have that now and I can just pay it off. Um, or we live in credit because there's so many interest-free capacities to, to buy now through the larger shopping centres. Uh, Harvey Norman, what is it? Five years interest-free now. You can pay it over five years. You, you've got to commit to something for five years that isn't going to be worth very much within six months. With a little, we feel the need to work harder to get more. And with a lot, we feel the need to work harder to protect what we have earned. Again, King Solomon reflects on his life in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes is another word for the teacher, the proclaimer. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? The sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether they eat little or much. But as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. Now, you might be sitting there and going, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I am rich. I've got enough money to feed a small nation. Oh, I don't know. I, I sleep very well. Maybe you do. Well done to you. Want to encourage us to consider who our master is. Again, in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, I've seen another evil under the sun and it weighs heavily on mankind. God gives some people wealth, possessions and honour so that they lack nothing their hearts desire. But God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them and strangers enjoy them instead. This is meaningless, a grievous evil. I mean, that's a pretty miserable reflection on the power and the use of money, but it's worth paying attention to. King Solomon wrestled with what Jesus declared. You cannot serve both God and money. Money is a great servant, a terrible master. 
As a servant, though, money makes some powerful statements. Money says to debt, I can free you. Money says to vision, I can release you. Money says to time, I can direct you. Money says to need, I can help you. And these are the concepts we want to unpack as we create a pathway to financial freedom in relationship with God. Here's what Jesus says about finances in the Gospel of Luke. I tell you, use worldly wealth. I don't know what word wealth is, but use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And again, from the wisdom of Proverbs, I'm using the Passion Translation in Proverbs chapter 11. Listen to the power of this for the sake, not only for us and our homes, but for community. The blessing that rests on the righteous releases strength and favor to the entire city. But shouts of joy will be heard when the wicked one dies. The blessing of favor resting upon the righteous influences a city to lift it higher. But wicked leaders tear it apart by their words. So there's power and there's influence when the righteous make healthy decisions. And that influence and that blessing spreads throughout a city. And don't we need to know that? Don't we need righteous people, God honoring people to stand up? to be counted. And you might think, oh, what impact does my finances have across across our city? If righteous people across our city were standing up, using our finances in a God-honoring way, in a way that created a pathway to financial freedom, it would bring blessing to our cities. And notice what tears a city down? It's words. So let's think carefully about how we use our resources in a way that honors God. In every aspect, our words to our finances. We've also invited our CAP coaches, our CAP money coaches, to come and give us some tips over the next few weeks, which we help will be, we hope will be a real blessing to you over this series. The money tip for today, which we're talking about, is budgeting. Now, I know some of you would rather poke yourself in the eye with a pencil than rather talking about budgeting, but it's a, a conversation that we probably need to have. So if you've got too much fortnight left at the end of your money, you need to have a serious think about how you're going to resolve that situation. And the best thing to do is you've got to have a plan. As part of this plan, which is called a budget, it's just a simple um, summary of your, your incomings and your outgoing expenditures. And the best way to start to look at these things is that you've got to actually sit down and go through your bank statements, your... Um, pay slips or whatever you are and just get some of the bigger items and get them down on paper and start to bring it together. I think you'll be surprised that the amount of money that actually disappears out of most households just in the incidental non-discretionary stuff and probably the best way to tackle that is to actually start and just make notes of everything you spend throughout the week even if it involves just taking a notebook or a piece you know just a pencil and a notebook and just writing it down. There are fancy phone apps if you're that way, but you've just got to start to get hold of this information and put it down and give it to a plan that you can use. So we encourage you to do that. And what's the point of this so-called miserable experience? Well, this experience is to actually give you some things to see what's going on and to actually give you some choices. 
And the whole point of this budgeting experience is to actually give you a choice on what you spend your money on. Don't let your money drive you. Put yourself in charge of your money. Because when you do that, you can actually push your spending in the areas where you decide and what your priorities are. And if you can do this and get on control of your money, it gives you these choices and it's a very powerful tool. While these tips are general in nature and are really succinct, there is the opportunity to register your interest in a CAP money course sometime in the future. If you register your interest, our team will contact you when we know those dates are happening. But again, it's an opportunity to learn more and increase our knowledge and our relationship with God so that we can learn more about our finances and we discover God's blessing and his plan and purposes for us through our finances as he seeks to create a pathway to financial freedom with us. Look, here's the thing. Regardless of our age, regardless of our generation, regardless of our situation, we've all come from different backgrounds. Some of us have worked hard our whole lives and we've worked hard to save and scrimp and um, be careful with our money because of the previous generation. Some of us have received and are receiving the blessing of that philosophy to work hard and save now that we don't have to think about that so much. But all of us now need to think about our finances. Look, you might be thinking about your finances. Now you found this new freedom because you've just got a new job. Hey, congratulations. That's fantastic. And we're really excited for you alongside that. And it doesn't sound just as exciting, does it? Because it's good to spend money. We, it helps the economy. The government will tell us money actually helps us survive and to live. But at the same time, we want you, if you're just starting out with your finances, we want to invest in you in a way that will bless you for years to come. It's about putting into practice now the small things, the small decisions that will sustain you, that will sustain all the things that you want to do, all the things you hope to do, all the things that you need to do, as well as sustain and bless all those that you come across for the rest of your life. Maybe you're in a stage of life like myself and you know, you've got yourself established, you've still got bills and mortgages to pay. Like most people, we hope that this series will bless you. We hope it's an opportunity to reevaluate uh, what our finances and how our finances reflect our relationship with God. And maybe you're right up the other end of the spectrum where you've done with the hard work. You're now receiving the blessing of retirement, but maybe there's some things that you need to reevaluate as well. My prayer my hope, and I want to invite you to pray with me in this, is that we will be open to seeking God's wisdom and plan for our finances, believing, first of all, above everything else, that God loves us. He is faithful and he wants to pour out his blessings to all who love and know him in a way that blesses our community. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be exploring these themes Money's myths, money's spirit, money's test, money's release, and money's pathway. We hope that you will continue to stay with us. Look, you don't even have to wait, though, for these tips, because I'm not the only expert. Like I say, this is from a, the wisdom of scriptures. It's from a, a framework based on Paul de Jong's book of the same title. But you can begin this afternoon. As was mentioned in the cap money tip, you can take some time to consider what your finances look like. But I want to encourage us to seek God first, even if you're not used to doing this. 
Find yourself a quiet spot, get a couple of bits of paper and just stop and pause and say, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you're interested in this. And, but I need to work some things out about my finances and I'm asking for your wisdom and your revelation in this. And I believe God will bless you in that. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus, but you've never thought about your relationship with God impacting your finances. I'd encourage you to do the same thing. Find a quiet spot, stop your bits of paper, the information that you need, ask God first to guide and direct your eyes and your attention. Where are the things that you need to give attention to? Look at your budget. Look at where you spend, where you save, how much you get. Uh, exploring further. Uh, over the course of this week, Jared will be sending to our life groups uh, a study guide that's a partner with this book from Paul de Jong. If you'd like that study guide, just contact the office and we can send that to you. If you're not in a life group, contact the office and maybe we can set you up with a, a Zoom group or with myself or with someone and we can arrange a suitable time to work through it together and have the conversations because we believe this will be healthier when we have healthy conversations as a community. Uh, speaking of which, have conversations with people. Have conversations in your homes. Have conversations in your marriages. Have conversations with your, your roommates. Have conversations with your parents about what they've learned, about the, the things that the lessons they've learned, the mistakes that they've made, the successes they've had. Have conversations as husbands and wives, as partners. Have conversations in a way that just lets you hear each other, to learn from each other, to apply some collective wisdom. None of us need to be on the, in this on our own. Uh, and I would say that continuing, and I've put these two at the bottom just to go a bit deeper. Maybe you're someone who's done really well with your finances. I would encourage you to be open to mentoring someone, discipling someone, encouraging them in their faith with their finances. And maybe you're the person who's going, I don't know how to do this. How, God, maybe your prayer might be, God, I've got all this information. I need someone else to help me. Pray that prayer. And let's see uh, how God shows up in that and encourages you in that. And if you don't find anyone that can help you, contact the office again and we'd love to support you in this. The bottom line in all this, remember, the foundation to what we're doing is we want to do all this so that people can encounter a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Our desire and our hope is that you would declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, learning from him and in relationship with others in all of our ways, growing in our faith. We want to be a church that's transforming our community in the name of Jesus, in ways and in relationships that are present, authentic, courageous, and generous. We want to see that in our homes. We want to see that in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our city. Trusting Jesus, whether we have a little or a lot, will transform you, and it will transform others through you because of your witness and your example when God has your heart first. When we choose money to be our servant and God our master, that will be a blessing to you and to others. If you've been part of this church for a while and maybe you haven't made that declaration of faith, we really want to encourage you to declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Maybe you've clicked online for the first time and you're looking for some sense of hope, you're looking for something that makes sense in this crazy mixed up world at the moment. Again, we want to invite you to consider a relationship with Jesus. And if you're not sure yet, that's fine. Stay with us. 
come back and stay with us for the series and explore the heart of God in relationship with our finances. Maybe you've given your life to following Jesus. Maybe you've just wandered away. And as you look at your finances, it's pretty evident how you've wandered away. That's okay. God is not a God who wants to beat us over the head. But if we say, God, I've messed this up and I'm trying to do this on my own, I've forgotten you. He will welcome us with open arms again. That's the kind of loving God we want you all to know. So friends, whether you've uh, clicked online for the first time we, or been online with us for the whole time or part of the Horsham Church of Christ or you've been someone of faith for a long period of time, we really believe God wants to bless you and encourage you in this series. May you continue to know the heart of the Father as we go about our time together. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for your heart for us. We want to thank you that you love us above everything else. We want to thank you that you bless us, that you give us the resources that we need for each day. We want to thank you that you want to create freedom in our life. And we praise you for those who have been witness to us about the use of our finances, the healthy witness, the healthy examples. We thank you for the heritage of life and faith for those who have seen that witness and that example. But Father, in this time and in this moment, we just want to stop and declare you as Jesus as Lord and Saviour. We want to acknowledge that we walk away from you so easily. We take things and draw things back to ourselves. But we want to submit to you. We want to surrender to you. We want to know that you are at work in us and through us. We declare Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And we ask that you will take all that we are, all that we have for your glory and honour. In your name we pray and give you thanks. Amen.